Earlier this week, I spoke to two Suffolk County employees who work on coronavirus tracing, or as I tried to get them to call themselves, disease detectives. Do you have like a uniform or a badge or anything, you know? <laughs> no, we're going to be getting it. <laughs> we have masks, <laughs> all different kinds. Maybe more medical vigilantes than Sherlock Holmes, I guess. But the work is just as serious and thorough for Jennifer Culp, a top official in the county health department, and Jacqueline Balta, a nurse epidemiologist. It's a lot of phone calls, says Balta, starting with the index patient. Yes, ideally then we get the list of contacts, phone numbers, any kind of demographic information that we can get from the index patient, um, and then we start calling. Um, we'll trace back uh, two days, because that's when we believe they, they were infectious, and able to expose anyone. Um, we will ask questions about gatherings and parties and where they work and what their work situation setup is like, cubicles, not, you know, to see if there's more potential exposures. And yes, we do start calling those people and making sure they're aware of exposures and that now they would be on quarantine. The trackers aren't showing up at people's doors, but they're doing their best to contain the disease before it spreads. What they're doing is essential for Long Island to get back to normal. Statistically so, in that one of Governor Cuomo's benchmarks for reopening is having 30 contact tracers per 100,000 residents. Suffolk has around 230 recruited and vetted and needs 450. But more immediately, the tracers are key to figuring out where the disease is and how to keep people away from it. As our numbers decrease um, and become more manageable, you want to really know where the new patients are, are becoming infected and try to contain that. So that's kind of what we're doing right now, trying to get them as soon as possible so that we can see where the pockets of infection are, where they're being exposed, and try to put in control measures in those places. I'm Mark Chisano, and this is episode 22 of Life Under Coronavirus, Newsday Opinion's oral history of how Long Islanders are helping each other and getting through the pandemic. Disease tracing is not new for Suffolk County. Balta's usual job is tracking down other diseases, like salmonella. We've done measles outbreaks, uh, hepatitis outbreaks. But the magnitude of this is far different. The volume, the magnitude of the outbreak is something unprecedented. We've never done anything to this extent before. When the coronavirus outbreak started, there weren't many people ready to trace in Suffolk County. So in the beginning, you know, our core um, communicable disease epi team is about, what, seven uh, public health nurses, but we moved very quickly to bring in um, other public health nurse staff and other nursing staff throughout our department. They even went and trained other unrelated county staff to assist departments, everyone from, you know, high-level um, managers to, right, to our office assistants and our, uh, you know, some of our county attorney staff. They needed to because they were trying to trace contacts of patients who were having a lot of contacts. Oh, in the beginning, yes. Parties, baby showers, bowling, just in, in the last day or so before they became sick. So... Now we're not going to see as much of that, obviously, because of the restrictions for, for congregate settings. But yeah, in the beginning, lots of, lots of exposures. took a long, long time. What do you mean the beginning? Like, when was the beginning? Before we had all the cases we have now, before the restrictions were in place. 
um, of no, you know, not congregating and businesses are closed. Um, everything was up and functioning. School was open. People were attending parties. Uh, everyone was working. So the contact tracing took days sometimes for one index case. Wow. It was stressful work, and the work took a while. Yes, the workload uh, was impossible. It was just one person and one case took days. These days, patients have fewer contacts. So there were dozens that one person could have in the beginning. Now it's just household members mostly and maybe a few coworkers. For family members, the tracers give specific advice. So when we're talking to them now, you know, we're making sure they are they need to isolate from their families. We go over with the cases, you know, what that looks like. So they need to pick a room in the house and that's where they're going to stay. Um, we, if they have more than one bathroom in the home, we're asking that they dedicate one bathroom for their use and the rest of their household use the other. If that's not possible, you know, we make sure they have cleaning supplies to wipe down after each use. Uh, we ask them not to prepare food, that somebody prepares food and leaves it for them outside of the door of the room they're isolating in. Other than transmission within households, the tracers are seeing it among workers. Essential workers, co-workers. Some of the work of disease tracing is coaxing information out of people, essentially on the honor system. It's hoping that people can be good historians of their time. We take what they say as kids. You do learn more as you continue the contact tracing, though. You learn about things they, they may not have told you. Um, because he, one, of the contact, one of the contacts may say, yeah, we were also at a party on Saturday. I think we've also seen, you know, people will call back and say, oh, I forgot about this, I, I was with this person, um, or we'll also just get a call, um, because, you know, people are, you know, forthright, and they tell their friends and family about their diagnosis, and we'll get calls saying, I didn't get a call yet from you, and I don't know what to do, and, huh. you know, they weren't on our list, but what we will talk to them, confirm that they were, in fact, a close contact, and then we'll go from there. Right. We usually pull a calendar out, actually, to trigger them. Right. Um, holidays, we do things about how, what do you normally do on Sunday mornings, things huh. like that, that will trigger them. Well, that day I didn't do that. or, um, And it's what we're used to doing just with other diseases. Beyond the tracking work, they sometimes have to act like direct health care providers. And we've had a few times where we've had to say, please let us, you know, we're going to call 911 now, you know. Um, but our, our nurses are amazing. They're patients. They're kind, um, and people relate to them, and they're able to get them what they need. They have lots of difficult conversations. I don't know. We've dealt with quite a bit of homeless people, and it's very sad. Some of the situations are just awful um, that we've had to help. Or, you know, elderly people and their husbands and their spouses are so sick, and they're not able to visit with them, and um, just very difficult situations in families. And I think for some, you know, people are so scared. I think that's been, um, you know, a little hard, you know, because you, you just feel for them that, you know, they're not making some good decisions because they're just so scared So we get them on the phone. You have to give very specific, very emotionally difficult instructions, including to spouses about staying away from each other. I've walked them through what that means and what that looks like. You're not sleeping in the same bed anymore. You're sleeping in the living room if you have no other bedroom. 
Um, you're using a separate bathroom. You're not going to gather in the kitchen to make meals or eat together. Uh, you have to kind of really explain it to them and give them a visual of what life is going to be like for now. Thanks for listening to Life Under Coronavirus. If you know of someone we should be covering, or if you want to share your own experience about coronavirus in New York, leave us a voicemail with your name and phone number at 631-213-1543. That's 631-213-1543. We may use your message as the basis for a future episode. Once again, I'm Mark Chisano from Newsday Opinion. Amanda Facina is our producer. Stay healthy. See you next time.